Hi everyone, welcome to the Software Intelligence Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jared Vills from Snyder. Jared, why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about Snyder, how long you've been working for them, what do they do, and then what do you do within the business? Sure. So Schneider National is based in Green Bay, Wisconsin in the United States. We are a transportation and logistics company, uh, primarily trucking. And so we have a number of different lines of business, various uh, types of trucking and logistics. Um, We have load boards and and, um, those kinds of things within the business. Uh, I am the director of IT operations. And so um, I'm kind of responsible for some of the typical things, uh, data center operations, um, incident management in the ITIL processes, the service desk, um, and then the, the monitoring tools and those kinds of things. So uh, kind of standard fare for operations. Yeah, and for those people that uh, wanted a couple of data points, because I, I grabbed a couple beforehand um, to give some context, because um, if they're listening globally, they may not be aware, but it's a $5 billion transportation business so it's not a small business at all pick up and drop off of about 17,000 trailers and containers per day with heavy reliance on technology and analytics so that that's a large number and I was going to come back to the point how does technology enable you to pick up and drop off 17,000 trailers and containers yeah, it's uh, it's quite an operation. You know, trucking is not necessarily the most glamorous industry, but um, we have an awful lot of uh, huge customers, high volumes. We get a lot of orders through um, t- typical B2B EDI processes. Um, we're converting a lot of that to APIs right now through part of our digital transformation program. Um, but yeah, we get offers, tender offers um, that basically say, Schneider, do you want these 50 loads? Um, we will run that through uh, business analytics and AI to make decisions about which loads we want and, and which ones we don't. Um, we have varying rejection rates, so we can't take uh, nearly all the capacity that gets offered to us. Um, and so pretty much all parts of our business are run through some sort of analytics. So. Um, and, and so there's just, there's an awful lot of logistics and computerized operations that go into what we do. Um, when those systems are impacted, it becomes difficult for us to operate. It's actually a lot of software running behind the scenes to make the business work. Sure. And to your point, it has to be real time, has to be fast response for that end customer because it's probably a competitive environment. Because if it's not you, then it's someone else. So downtime is critical and stability of systems must be really important. Yeah, it is absolutely. And when we get an offer for loads, um, unless it's a dedicated customer, those offers or offers might be going to three, five, 10 carriers. And so that, uh, that offer might get blasted out to a bunch of carriers and the first one to reply gets it. And so if we reply slow after a delay, we might say, yeah, we want these 20 loads. We might get an EDI response or an API response back that says those are already taken. Is that a system where an AI and analytics is doing some uh, data crunching and then a human yep. is involved in the end decision or is the machine making the decision as well? So we have a bunch of data scientists and data modelers um, that, that help us build models to take in this data and make decisions about it. You know how everyone says we're a software company, we're a, we're, a, we're a technology company with a banking license. Every business is a software business. 
You just happen to be, from the sounds of it, as we delve into this more, you're a data analytics company that happens to be in logistics. Yeah, we have a couple of people internally that, that uh, that's almost a mantra. And, and again, as I go around talking to people more and more of people that are using Dynatrace and, and responsible for maintaining these systems, you also have one of the most important jobs in the world. Like, what would you say your day-to-day is? What's your mantra when you go into work? Well, it's uh, availability, um, incident management. Those are kind of at the forefront for what my areas are responsible for, um, along with the change management. And so let's, let's minimize self-inflicted pain. Uh, let's maximize uptime. Let's maximize uh, business effectiveness, those, those kinds of things. Um, when things break and, and things break sometimes, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the front lines typically, you know, um, running incidents, handling some business communications. Now we have processes to manage all of that stuff. Um, you know, sometimes when things are urgent, the, the process is out the window and who can get this fixed ASAP who can I communicate with ASAP? Uh, who can give me an e- uh, ETA so I understand when my business is going to be back up? Um, and so, yeah, you you take those calls, you you manage well, but um, you know, really, we've got a pretty great team. We've got pretty good visibility. Um, we don't have a lot of crisis situations like that. Not like you know, if you rewind several years back um, and you look at our downtime or availability numbers over the years. Um, we've made some significant progress. Yeah, and I want to touch on that because, you know, like 10 years ago, it was predicted we were going to work 30 hours a week and we were going to have more time on our hands to spend time with family and do all these amazing things because of technology and AI. Is your job getting easier or harder? Um, I I would say in the last couple of years, I would say it has been getting a little bit easier. Um, Some of the technology that we're able to apply to what we're doing, some of the visibility that we have, um, you know, it, it, my, my first few years at Schneider, um, there were times when it was a challenge. We, we didn't have the best monitoring products. Um, we didn't have the best processes in place. Um, we didn't have the greatest reporting. And so there, there could be times when it was a struggle, just understanding, you know, what's actually broken and, and who's actually accountable or, or who can help fix this. And so we've, we've put a lot of that kind of struggle behind us. It's a pretty, uh, you know, like you talk to a lot of customers, they talk about cloud from a transformation, the challenge of getting visibility into everything that they're running. And then it's a pretty simple use case for Dynatrace. And, and often I think we could almost overcomplicate it in the way in which Dynatrace talks about what it is that we do. Because when I talk yeah. to the customers, they go, it's confidence in being able to see everything, know what's running, where it's running, and if there's a problem, what we need to do to fix it before it impacts a customer. Would you say that's pretty cl- pretty, pretty close to the use case that you're using Dynatrace for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, before Dynatrace, we didn't have an APM solution. And so, you know, legacy applications um, running on Java, um, you know, we're, we're moving a lot of that stuff through digital transformation now. Um, but we, we were kind of, you know, an old school trucking company. You work hard, um, you monitor everything you can. So, you know, typically nothing would break without us getting some sort of alert. Um, you know, we monitored uh, an awful lot of the enterprise, um, but it was, you know, the typical threshold trigger alerts with warning and critical levels. Um, 
and you know, so you're looking at individual components on servers or individual application uptime. Um, we really didn't have visibility into the applications. Um, and we've got a lot of engineers and developers who have many, many years of experience at Schneider, understanding our applications, understanding how to troubleshoot those kinds of things. And so when things were broken and it wasn't obvious, um, you know, we would go into triage mode with multiple teams, multiple engineers, um, and, and very little visibility into what's actually happening. And so sometimes that might, um, you know, that might bring us down into Oracle log files or WebLogic log files or, or those kinds of things where you're really scratching your head trying to figure out what is happening here. And how, and so how's that changed now as a result of using Dynatrace? Well, I mean, it's 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 night and day. So, you know, what precipitated our acquisition of Dynatrace was a digital transformation where um, we began moving some applications into essentially uh, containers with Spring Boot applications and tiled applications uh, running in Kubernetes. And so uh, as we as we went into this first in our telematics space, so our, our driver in-cab solutions, um, we had a partner who built out some of our infrastructure and some of our capabilities within Amazon Web Services, which was fantastic. They did a great job for us. Um, as we started the process of inheriting some of that stuff, it became clear that uh, the, the tools that we had to monitor our enterprise did not have any sort of capability like that. Um, and so the question was then, as we start to look at OCP on site and Azure and, and the stuff that we had in AWS, we had a huge gap in capabilities for monitoring. And so we started a couple of those things with very little visibility. Um, other than what Kubernetes itself could tell us and, and those kinds of things. And so the ROI for us was really risk-based. Um, and, and that essentially means that, you know, we're going live with enterprise applications and we don't have any visibility into performance or um, issues, errors, those kinds of things. And as we went through the process, so I'll, I'll kind of get into how we went through the acquisition. Um, you know, we had planned to POC a couple of products in this space and you could kind of think magic quadrant where where you and uh, a couple of your competitors reside mm -hmm. and that process was fairly straightforward we had a scope that was next gen technology kubernetes containers spring boot um, how are we going to monitor this stuff uh, as we started that poc i, I can kind of get into a, a little bit of what happened there um, we had our, our transportation management system, which is our run the business application, went through a, a major systems upgrade. And so this upgrade was one of those things where you, you plan for an extended period, you, you pick a long go live weekend, um, and it was a huge upgrade, right? So it, it required us to upgrade our Oracle databases, our Oracle grid, our WebLogic stack, um, and then finally the applications. And so that required data changes and those kinds of things. And so once we went live, the rollback from that would be incredibly complicated. Well, we went live and we immediately started experiencing performance problems. Um, and we were two to three days into performance problems, right? And every single order that we accept in this new system is an order that we have to roll back if we decide we need to roll back because we can't mm -hmm. lose the orders. Um, it becomes a complicated process to roll those orders back into the old data formats. And so um, I'll try to fast forward this a little bit um, the Dynatrace team was doing the POC in the Kubernetes space while this other project was going live. Um, and so they kind of heard the pain that we were experiencing and suggested, you know, maybe we could try Dynatrace there. 
Um, and we made a quick decision and put Dynatrace all across that application infrastructure um, and immediately started finding all kinds of things that were um, either misconfigured or contributing issues. Um, the vendor that we were working with was in a crit sit, so multiple daily meetings. Um, it was a pretty urgent situation and the product helped us understand and helped the vendor understand that a lot of the performance issues were actually in the UI space rather than the application uh, level where they thought it was. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they weren't necessarily all that excited about this trucking company and their new tool telling them where their problems were. And so that, that was an interesting couple conversations to get them to the table with us and with uh, our Dynatrace folks who were absolutely fantastic during the POC to help them recognize that you know the, the tool was spotting where the performance issues were occurring. So um, that was a huge win for us. And based on that, um, we made an immediate decision to acquire Dynatrace specifically for that application infrastructure. Um, and then the next question was, okay, now what do we do with all the next gen stuff that we were looking at anyway? Because um, we hadn't budgeted for anything near what we were actually looking at at that point. Um, and so we kind of rode that initial investment out until we could get through a budgeting cycle uh, where we made a decision to do Dynatrace across our enterprise. And so most all of our, anything that you would consider APM and infrastructure monitoring, for the most part, we are doing that with Dynatrace now. Jared, I'm absolutely loving, I feel like I'm sitting in the truck with you, driving through Green Bay and we've got the windows down and we're having a yarn about like, some of the stories for which you've uh, you've uh, you know done great successes in, in a partnership between you know what you've done with with the transformation efforts and what you've done with Dynatrace as well and it's great to hear that it's not just the big transformations it's not just the cloud native transformations but in IT every single day you're doing transformations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, there's any number of projects and technologies where. You know, Dynatrace is, is giving us visibility we didn't have, um, you know, connecting it up with what we have running in Azure and AWS. Um, you know, we've, we've had a number of teams that, um, you know, weren't quite sure whether this is the right thing for them or not. Um, we still have some teams that, you know, aren't, aren't quite um, completely convinced that this is really going to help them the way it's being built. Um, and then we have other teams that are, are jumping in kind of all in. Um, especially in the next-gen platforms where they really just didn't have any visibility. And I, I think those teams and some of our uh, leaders in the development space uh, are really starting to understand how to use the product effectively. And, and that was a little bit of a, um, some growing pain for us. So we've had a number of sessions where you know, we'd have some Dynatrace engineers from the POC team or from our services team um, really helping us kind of uh, figure out how to triage, how to troubleshoot, mm -hmm. how to find issues how to understand what Dynatrace was capable of telling us. And so there's still some, uh, there's still some growth to do there. Yeah, and, that, and I wanted to come back on that. There's, there's actually two parts to it. One is it didn't sound like you necessarily had the business case for a different project. And I did want to come back to like, how were you able to successfully position a business case to expand Dynatrace? Maybe that's one question that we can answer. The other question is, it's built as an easy to use platform. But what people aren't used to is the amount of information it will give you, whether yep. you can trust that information 
And sometimes it can be overwhelming because it's too much detailed information that you may not want to know about. You do want to know about it, but you don't know how to process it. So there's two parts to that question. I don't know which one you want to take first. So there's the business case angle. And the second one is sort of information overload, but not overload. It's sort of like new information I'm unfamiliar with. I'm used to seeing red, green in my app. Now I see intelligent, larger answers. What do I do with all of this? Yeah, you know, I can probably start there. That's an easier question for me. I think when we look in our legacy products, and it's all those threshold trigger-based alerts, and you get all these things coming in because a threshold was broken somewhere. If you look in that console, you will typically see in our environment maybe 20 to 40 critical alerts. And those are things that we're supposed to be looking at, somebody's supposed to be reacting to. And if you look in Dynatrace, which is monitoring more or less the same footprint, Dynatrace will have two or five problems open. Mm -hmm. And those are things that we really actually know we need to be looking at. Um, And when we compare those to what we see in the other product, um, you know, it's a lot of noise. And so there'll be a number of critical alerts in our, uh, our legacy systems that you know, aren't necessarily critical. It's something that somebody wants to look at, but the, the stuff that pops up in Dynatrace, those are things that we typically know we need to be looking at. And so we've kind of over the last year or so, we've learned to trust to react to those things. Um, and a lot of times we'll look at that and, and still not quite be sure what Dynatrace is trying to see us or, or doubt what it's telling us. Um, but as you dig into it, you find out, okay, it you know, maybe that wasn't a huge system and we can tune that alert in Dynatrace, but it, it definitely understood what was happening there. And, and the way it sees um, the interdependencies and the connectivity and, and how all of the transactions um, kind of traverse our environments and traverse our application infrastructure, that is some pretty impressive stuff. I have this theory at the moment about AI that this AI is this far-fetched thing that people aren't really yet to grasp and get a concept of. If I talk to the parents of the kids that I, when I drop them off at school and I talk about how, you know, a lot of what I do is talk about AI and they're like, yeah, they think autonomous cars and autonomous trains and these sort of things. They don't get that there are there is AI that's actually generating value for people every single day. Is it something that you believed before you saw Dynatrace, do you believe it now? And do you see the value in how AI can change the way that you work? Yeah, you know, not having direct exposure to that kind of stuff, you don't have a clear picture of what it can really do. And so at a high level, you understand AI ops and it's analyzing the incoming traffic and it's analyzing all the hops and the connectivity. Uh, But we've had a couple of um, problem tiles pop up and, you know, you, you'll see that it's analyzed, um, you know, sometimes a million, but the, the one that I actually took a screenshot of was, you know, Dynatrace analyzed somewhere north of 3 billion dependencies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my goodness, you know, so I share that with my, my leader. And the question is, you know, is, is, is that impressive and cool or, or should we be embarrassed that it has to analyze that many dependencies to figure out what's going on in our environment? Um, but it, it, when you think through what that product can dissect and analyze versus what it would take for a, a person or a group of people to figure out all of that connectivity and all of that tracing, it's just, it's, it's, it's obvious that it's, it's not possible mm-hmm. with human intellect. 
it's a number often that Davis detects that it's either I'm dyslexic or I wasn't very good at maths. But the number gets too big and I go, I don't know if that's million, billion, trillion. And I just go, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. Does the Davis AI engine give you more confidence knowing that it's doing that analytics for you and most of the time you're trusting the information it's serving you? Like, are you, Do you feel more confident in your role as a result of it? Yeah, I, I do. I know our leadership team does. Um, I think a lot of my peers are, are starting to recognize the value. And so... You know, we start showing the dashboards and we start um, kind of helping people understand during a during an event or during an incident what Dynatrace is looking is seeing, right? And so we still have teams or or engineers who you know don't really look there, um, and then we can help them understand. You know, if you look through this problem tile or this drill down, um, this is this is what we're seeing, and and so that's changed some minds. Uh, and then we have the anecdotes where, you know, Dynatrace has showed us the smoking gun, what's broken. Um, and then you, you share some of that with the leadership team through some success stories and, right, we made this big investment, how is it paying off for us? And so they want to understand, are we seeing dividends? And so, you know, as you start to tell those stories, they start to understand that's where I need to look or that's where I need to ask people to look, right? So if I'm responsible for this platform and I know there's an incident going on in my area, I'm gonna ask people, what, what do they see in Dynatrace? And so we've got some of our leaders starting to ask those questions, uh, which helps reinforce with some of the, some of the teams and engineers that um, you know, the leadership team is taking this seriously, so, so I need to take it seriously. And it's not to say we haven't had adoption. We've had a, a, an awful lot of excellent adoption. Um, we haven't quite onboarded all of our engineering teams and agile teams. And so there's people who are still, you know, hearing the stories, but don't necessarily have direct experience and haven't been trained yet. Um, and, and so we've just, we've, we've still got to get through that evolution of getting all those teams on board, right? We're, we're monitoring everything. The agents are out across our entire infrastructure, um, but we haven't configured dashboards and, and configured applications for all of the teams, for all the stuff that needs to be done. There's still work to be done there. It's a fascinating look inside a trucking company that is run by software. Like I still have to keep pinching myself every few minutes to go, huh? How? And you're going Kubernetes, multi-cloud environments, cloud transformation, database upgrades, just all this technology that it scales any industry. It has no idea and doesn't matter which industry you're in. Every company is going through this transformation. But there were two things that I wanted to come back on. One is you keep, a couple of times you've mentioned we so we shared the value with the leadership team. What buy-in? Sure. What buy-in do you need to get, or what buy-in are you giving? Are you giving SLA-based metrics coupled with stories? Is it more story-based? What feedback are you giving to the leadership team to say, "Hey, our investment in Dynatrace sure. is paying off"? Sure. So there's a couple different facets of how we do this, and so you know, one story was. Um, we made this big investment. And so let's help the tech leadership team understand what we're getting for it. And so let's create some dashboards that are uh, pertinent to their area. And so we went into a leadership meeting and did some overviews of, here's some of the application views that we've set up. Here's some of the area views that we've set up. Here's some of the problems that we've solved. Um, right now, one of the things that we can show them is, 
the teams no longer have to react to tiles. So I can look in a, uh, a Kubernetes service in a dashboard and, and we have things listed out for, say there's an application that has maybe 20 services supporting it. Um, we can show the failure rates of those services um, in a time series or, or at any given time, right? So we can point out, look, you've got a, you know, a sub 0.1% failure rate on, on these 19 services, but this one is failing at a 12% rate. Not that the business is complaining and customers aren't complaining, but something in there is failing. Now, in the past, we wouldn't have that visibility and it would escalate until something actually broke before we would look at that. So now that team can create a user story to go say, why do we have a service that's failing at a 12% rate? We should go fix that. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I think, what is starting to get our leaders a little bit more excited. And that's the potential to, to really demonstrate that we're being proactive and, and not just saying we're trying to be proactive. Um, it's the same on the database space, right? So you've got all the diagnostics in, uh, in Dynatrace that help you understand how your database queries are performing and sorting those things by worst performing queries. And so we've had multiple teams specifically use that um, to, to tune their queries and their applications before they've gone live. And they've, you know, they've addressed, you know, anywhere from a few to a few dozen to, uh, to many dozen uh, different types of queries and things like that, that they would not have had the opportunity to do before prior go lives. And so again, just painting the picture that um, we have data that helps us actually be proactive. Um, now, all the teams aren't that far along, but a couple of them are doing really well with that stuff. And so we keep proving that out and um, you get that visibility in front of the leadership, the leadership gets more excited about it. And then that, uh, that bug kind of travels downhill then. It's fascinating. You're basically then helping the leadership team understand you're making them, you're stepping them through your world. You're going, let me show you how we used to do things. Let me show you now how we're doing things. And then let me show you what the impact is to the business. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I don't want to paint the picture that, you know, we're, we're going over people's heads to influence. That's, I, yeah. I don't, that, that wasn't what we were trying to accomplish. Right. The, the data within Dynatrace sells itself and the teams, as they get onboarded, they get trained, they understand what the capabilities are. Um, I, I think it's obvious to most all of our teams as they onboard their applications, um, the, the what and the how and, and, you know, really how to leverage the product and, and what it can do for them. And so, you know, there's, like I said earlier, not all the teams have been onboarded yet. And I don't think they all completely understand really what they're missing out on. How are you going to address that? Because that was the next question I was going to ask you, which is you, you want to onboard more teams because you want them to probably sure. get the same intelligence your team's getting. And so how do you do that? Yeah, we have a services contract right now with, um, you know, the, the Guardian, uh, Gold Guardian services contract. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, Peyton from Dynatrace has been doing a great job. Um, you know, we have essentially an onboarding plan where we're going team by team by team. Let's, let's, let's describe your applications, let's configure them, let's understand your management zones, let's understand you know, what sort of dashboard views you're looking for. And so we're just kind of systematically going team by team by team across our enterprise. You're doing a good job at geeking out because you get a couple of things there that um, were, were pretty, uh, for people that don't understand, you know, a guardian is like a dedicated Dynatrace person, um, either on site or mo most likely remote, dedicated to your team. Yeah. That'll help you with your onboarding. 
services, people that obviously help, you know, even as you market these platforms to be as easy as possible to use, there will still be people that are reluctant to, to try it and because they don't want to change the way that they work and, and seeing is believing and in the same way that you're stepping people through the leadership team to help them understand, here's our use case for how we're using Dynatrace and here's the outcome and the difference it's making to our team. It sounds like you're doing the same storytelling when it comes to onboarding other teams. Take me through how you're using your current monitoring or if you're not, what aren't you seeing and here's how you would use Dynatrace and here's the outcome you, you would get out of it. Would that be a fair assumption as to how you're sort of going about, about doing that? Yeah, and we have a couple of, um, I would say maybe flagship or major applications that we've onboarded because of the criticality or because they were in the next gen space where we didn't have visibility. Um, we can use those as a showcase for, um, you know, here's how we did our order management system and here's some of the views that we've created and here's how those teams use those views. Here's how those teams triage. Um, those, those kinds of conversations, I think, help paint a picture, um, you know, one for how to use it, but two, um, you know, that's a, that was a project or a program that had a number of SMEs and some of our um, top developers and some people who are well respected within the organization. And so, um, you know, you can, you can use their influence to help influence some of the other teams. Yeah, find the champions. It's, they're, they're really good use cases. You're not alone in, in your challenge for, you know, bringing about change within an organization is very difficult. Um, congratulations on all that you've done and also for sharing with us the insight behind a technology company that is Snyder. And I say that as a technology company, because you really are like what you're doing with cloud environments and these sort of things. It's not boring at all. It's actually very, very fascinating and very interesting. Um, I've got a couple of fast four questions for you to finish up. Are you ready for these? There's no right or wrong answer. And so far you've answered every question that I've thrown at you remarkably well. So things could only get worse from here. And these ones are personal fun questions to ask. So are you ready for these fast four? Where are we? Three dinner party guests, dead or alive, who would you invite? Oh, gosh, I'm in Green Bay. I would probably say uh, Vince Lombardi, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. These are football players, I'm going to guess. They are American football players, one coach, two players. Biggest inspiration can be an event or a, a person. Um, you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I had a, uh, I had a professor in Japanese, uh, a Japanese professor in college who made a major impact on my life. And so, um, you know, taking that course just by happenstance, meeting that, um, meeting that professor, uh, led me to a job in Japan, led me to, uh, graduate school in a, a whole other, uh, a, a whole bunch of things in my career that I don't think ever would have opened up had I not taken that class by chance. I want to catch up and have a beer with you and understand more about that because uh, we haven't got time for it on this, but uh, maybe next yeah. perform, I want to I want to dissect that a little bit further because I reckon there's a good story behind that one. It's it Yeah, it takes a while to get through the, Six, the context. It's fun though. Advice, well, see, so this could be interesting now. Advice to your 16-year-old self. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, so uh, again, maybe this is, I don't know how, how far down I want to go here, but um, when I was in college, I was more interested in finding the next party than finding my next class. And so um, that, that hampered my ability to get my career off the ground. And so what I would do is tell myself at 16, um, you need to buckle down and get through that stuff and do the work uh, and, and 
that would be the best advice I could give myself at that age. Ah, oh, but you must have had fun though. It sounds like it. Now it's all serious, but it was fun. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll. I should probably plead the fifth here. All right. It was. Um, it was a blast. College was a lot of fun. Okay, so complete this sentence for me. AI will. Dot 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 dot. AI will absolutely transform how we do operations at Schneider. Um, and, you know, I'm going to plug another vendor here. We are transforming our entire uh, operational model at Schneider. So we're going from components and applications to business services and technical services, outlining technical services within Dynatrace, along with our other partner, PagerDuty. Um, PagerDuty in particular is creating opportunities for us to automate work um, and make work go away that is really particularly painful to how our teams operate right now. And so um, these two products together, I think, have just an enormous capability uh, for us to transform how we work. Congratulations on all things that you've done so far. I don't think the partying at college had that much impact by the sounds <laughs> of it on uh where you've ended up um, and just wanted to say thanks for taking the time and we'd love to catch up with you again. We'd love to have you back potentially for a Dynatrace Perform event, which is one of our user conferences or maybe a Go event or a panel because I've really enjoyed this conversation with you. Nice, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, it was a great conversation from my perspective. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, you, you made it super easy. so. I'd be happy to happy to join you again. So would you, if I can make it out of Australia and into Green Bay, will you take me to a football game if I make it there one day? Absolutely. We've got season tickets. I can hook you up. All right. Sounds good. So Jared, once again, thanks for being on part of the podcast and uh, we look forward to speaking to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it.